0: india communities a uh, podcast on uh, yes yesterday's um, imola grand prix uh, i think what a race man uh, what a race i think we can talk about this for hours i think we can talk about this for 24 hours i mean we call it fun thriller suspense i think it was a mix of everything and there was not a dull moment that i can find but i think we have uh, a lot of people here who can pick out different moments in the race. I have uh, Tane, Krishanu, Arvind, and uh, Shubham with me. Uh, good evening and welcome to you guys. Uh, welcome to today's discussion. And uh, I think I'll start with Tane. And, uh, hi, Tane. Are you there? Yes, yes. Yes. Hi, Tane. Hi, uh,
1: hi. Tane,
0: how would you rate this race? I mean, I just want to know your reaction about this race. I think I will get to the start of this race. I think we'll get to the start before the start of this race, actually.
1: Uh, Alonso in the gravel. First of all, coming to the question, how would I rate this race? I think it's a solid eight. If it wasn't for the wet weather from the starting, it was a solid eight race. And uh, uh first of all, last uh, podcast, we made the predictions. All of us were stepping for the win. For Congratulations for that and uh, it was an interesting race for sure and i really like the start of verstappen coming from p3 to p1 and good race over to
0: you thank you thank you Tane. uh now Tane has brought about a very important point which is max verstappen start but uh, before jumping to the max start which i will again ask Tane himself Uh, Krishanook, I want to talk to you about the start, before the start of this race, Uh, Leclerc spun on the formation lap, Uh, Alonso went into the gravel before the start of the race, Uh, was was there tension, because apparently one part of the track was soaking wet and the other part was pretty dry, so what is your take, I mean, were you scared for the start, were you anticipating something bad or something? Emola
2: has always been a very challenging
0: brand. Actually, it's difficult to overtake on track
2: to track position. Is key. So when the Ferrari, when the Ferrari was on course on the formation lap, of course it gives me it gives me chill right now to just think of What would have happened if Leclerc was out on the race? Alonso was out. Even uh, you see, Sebastian Vettel was also not able to uh, make it to the make it to the starting grid, right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, tension tensions are galloping at one. That's that's what we all live for. But uh, if on terms of excitement and anticipation and nervousness, uh, the formation lap was in itself a spectacle. I would say. Because uh-huh. we saw Sergio, we saw Sergio Perez getting a 10 second penalty because he just charged past two rivals, then Charles Spain, as you said, and then Alonso's
0: on the way to the grid. So yeah, a, a crazy start thank you thank you Krishanu for just giving your thoughts on uh, this Uh, uh, Arvind are you there I hope you're there yeah I'm there Arvind so on lap one we saw this very crazy incident where uh, Latifi went off the track and then he just you know had a little moment with uh, Mazepin and he hit the barriers and he was out of the race Uh, a lot of people are not blaming Mazepin but you know there are some people who are blaming him Uh, what's your take on that incident
3: Yeah, and uh, I would say it was not uh, Mazepin's fault. Because uh, when a driver goes off the track and is rejoining, he should make sure that uh, his entry doesn't interfere with any other racing line. And uh, since it is wet, also you can't uh, judge the uh, pickup of the car properly. And uh, yeah, I would say it wasn't Mazepin's fault and uh, Latifi should have been uh, cautious Rejoin the truck.
4: Also, uh, for the first time, I heard the commentator say, Yes, it was not me spin's fault. For the first time, I heard it from <laughs> Yeah, Exactly, for the,
2: the first time. Actually, he's smart, otherwise, he, spin.
4: otherwise, he's bashing him every day. He spins in quality, he bashes him. He spins in practice, he bashes him. Even the reporters also bash him.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And uh, apart
0: from this, apart from the mistakes, yes, uh, Shubham, I want to ask you this. Uh, uh, so basically, you saw a mix of tires on the grid, right? So Gasly was on yeah. wet because one part of the track was soaking wet, and the visibility was less because of the spray. The others were on inters, and you know, Seb again dive into the pits from you know again switch to another set of inters. You know, what do you assess the tyre situation? Like, if you were maybe the tyre strategist, what would you have put your car on?
4: I probably would have put it on inters. Like, I saw through uh, if someone had kept enough heat in the tyres, like Verstappen kept, he pushed him pretty well. He pushed it pretty well and made a first and a daring move on Hamilton. Although Hamilton was off the track for a while, but that move was pretty good, in my opinion. After that, I think after 2023 20, laps, you, the track begins to dry up, the rain decreases. You move on to uh, softs most likely, and end the race on uh, medium. That would be my choice. But again, we had the red flag. So I would have gone with the medium and then with a the, uh, soft, I guess, at the end of the race. Because it would, uh, in first, it would uh, put up a uh, put a lap time on the track. First of all, because it's drying, and second, there would be less chances of slowing down. To be honest, but I mean, McLaren, yeah, it's a
2: Sorry to the interrupt, but McLaren made it through on the softs, right? They had pretty good at base advantage over the Ferraris, and no, they had what they didn't have an answer to the raw base of Red Bull. But they were continuously battling it out with Ferrari and after the restart also, the way Norris overtook over to Leclerc, and then he just hung on to the Socks to find out Hamilton in those last two laps. It was surely nice. So the soft tyres, in my point, the soft tyres are nowhere near the soft tyres which they were in 2020. They are A step harder, I would say.
3: Yeah. Uh,
4: Okay, Uh, I'd like to bring one point in uh, opinion, like uh, you said, right, that McLaren were able to uh, pass Leclerc, Uh, it was for the fact that Leclerc did not have radio uh, from the beginning of the second half of the race, like he did not have any radio communication, so he wasn't sure what uh, changes or uh, what uh, energy modes he should use for that moment. Still, what it I is very ballsy was... of him to come forth in that condition. So, I must uh, respect Leclerc for that. And uh, also respect for Ferrari for what a jump they have made in the performance, to be honest. I
0: agree with you. But I think before we get to the end, I mean, this was the end of the race. I want, I have a lot of questions towards the initial phase of the race. So, Tane, I would like to ask you, you raised a point where you mentioned Max Verstappen and his crazy getaway from P3. The daring move on Hamilton, who was, uh, you know, not leaving even an inch of space. Uh, How would you, I mean, on a wet track, you're on the wet side of the track. I mean, you know, there's less grip out there. Uh, I mean, how would you, I mean, what would you, I mean, what would you say about Max Verstappen and his move? I mean, was it just brilliant? Was it the mark of a future world
1: champion? Uh, I agree with you. It was a brilliant move. Uh, first of all, uh, I think he was able to get uh, perfect heat into the tires during the uh, formation lap. And uh, um, then he uh, took his great place, third place. And I think Sergio Perez didn't have a great start. Uh, he was dropping down the order. Then uh, Lewis also, I think he didn't have a great start. Uh, Max Verstappen almost catching up to him. Then banging on Caius uh, into turn one. And... Uh, it was uh, Max Verstappen starting on that intermediate tyres. He was great on the wet weather of Imola. And as uh, you've seen that the uh, f- first sector was uh, quite wet, The you can say from the spray. But then towards the end of the racetrack, there were quite some dry sections. So Max Verstappen all over his radio. He was a bit confused to whether to switch on to the dry tyres or stay on the intermediate. And... Uh, Great win for him. I agree with I you. I want
4: to uh, include the fact why Perez couldn't make a move. First of all, after uh, uh, Max passed Hamilton, Perez was at behind him and he was pretty close, like 0.5 seconds gap. And then Hamilton moved onto the wet right side of the track and there was huge spray, due to which he was pushed down. And later on, uh, I think uh, there was a uh, like, spinning out. If I am not wrong. Yes. First, spun out. Yes, yes. And yeah. after that, uh, I think Perez also spun out. So, that's one of the reasons why Perez couldn't uh, capitalize from agree that. Agree with piece. you,
2: Shubham. <laughs> agree with you, Shubham. One more point, uh, I, I was reading one, one of those articles. of Hitler. It was saying that Max had started from the second year. And yes. he just brought in, he just bought in some great good amount of heat into his tires and he just started on the second gear. So, that just gave him the jump. So, he went a little bit unconventional way to start the race. But it was a very ballsy move from him. Although I mean, he has yeah. got his
0: end plate damaged. Yeah, because in a condition like that, when you know half the track is wet and half is dry, I mean, making that kind of a move is pretty bold. And uh, thank you to everyone for providing some uh, light into that. The next thing I want to talk about before I talk about the red flag session is, uh, we had a moment where Lewis went off. Uh, He went off, he went to the gravel, but luckily he kept the engine running and he reversed back on the track and he he, he fell down to ninth place. Would you you call it a kiddish error or, you know, a novice error or, I mean all greats make mistakes shubham what's your take on lewis's mistake
4: Mm, i was i was actually pretty happy about the fact that he had spun out for the first time after so many years like i mean i don't hate him he's an excellent driver i must accept the fact but for a moment it felt like oh my god first after so many years he's going to get a dnf but then he kept it running so in my opinion it was a mistake everyone makes, even I mean Seb made the same same mistake like two years or three years ago and he had fr- same front wing damage like three laps before that crash back in Germany 2018. So yeah, it can be a mistake. It might have been from champions. So, yes, but uh, I think it was a very big thing for uh, Seb, uh, for Hamilton to keep that engine running. That was very important.
0: When you make if a mistake he might yeah, most likely you... had
4: DNF. Yeah, the
0: thought sure. process. yeah, because when you make a mistake, I feel the thought process just wavers off. And, uh, you know, when, I mean, to, you know, put your mind and keep the engine running and then to have the presence of mind to slowly reverse back <laughs> on the track and not hit anyone. I think that takes a lot of courage. But uh, thank you, Shubham, for that. Moving on from here, Shubham mentioned uh, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, and we also know that Sebastian Vettel was the first driver to try out the dry compound tire. He switched from the inters to the mediums. Krishanu, uh, was that, I mean, he was complaining on the radio that his team might have taken an early decision, but, you know, he started showing good pace eventually. I mean, should he have waited or, I mean, was it the right call because there was a dry line being formed, Max was confused about the tyres. What's your take on it? Actually, this whole process of, you know, the track drying up
2: and getting a dry line or going into the slits or keeping on the inters, it's... Always has been a bit of confusing thing because rain is something which we can't control, right? So when Aston made the move to keep Vettel on slicks, I guess the move was not so early, but they could have waited a lap or two because when you uh, when you see a dry line being formed, you can wait a lap or two to get that line more distinctively. So, although Vettel found his space, he he found his air, he found his mojo back during that medium tire stint. But that Aston in and itself didn't have that capability. So, Vettel needs to adapt a little bit more. And mm-hmm. in your in your response to that question, the Aston should have probably waited a lap or two. At least one lap should could have made made a made a very very big difference because. Ebola is all about keeping your car on the racing line because if you tip your toe on the grass, it's
0: completely off. completely Definitely. And as we discussed in qualifying that it's an old school track, you make one mistake, you might pay the price of your entire car. Absolutely. Thank you, Krishanu, for that. Uh, we saw
2: we saw that with Norris, right? Just millimeters
0: on the track and he just lost P3 to P7. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean it's a it's a it's a very high-risk track. But uh, moving on from here is I want to talk about the biggest talking point of the weekend, something that's been on every Formula One fan's mind, Russell versus Bottas. It's a sort of a rivalry now, you could say, for the second merc seat, but uh, it was a huge shunt uh, by uh, George Russell. And apparently, you know, people are blaming Russell for getting on the grass or people are blaming Bottas for swerving to the right. This is going to be an open-ended question for everyone because I want to get more views on this because this is the main point of the discussion. I'll start from my left, which is Taneh. I'll go to Krishanu, Arvind and Shubham. So Taneh, can I have your views on this? I mean, who do you want to blame? Or was it just a racing incident for you? And what do you make of the crash? I feel
1: it was... First of all, he was overtaking uh, Bottas on the grass and grass a bit damp in that uh, Imola weather. Um, so, it just spun the car around and then he crashed into Bottas. It was wrong of him blaming Bottas, but I think it was George's
0: fault. Okay, so you want to pin the blame on George. Okay, fine. That's Thank you for that, uh, for the opening statements. Krishanu, can we move to you? Would you want to blame, or was you would you just call it an incident that just had to happen because of the track conditions? In Emola, you see, we only have that one straight where overtaking
2: is aided and only really that one DRS zone where the cars where we can flap. Open. So when the track is dry, you have a dry racing line. Although it was a very very pulsing move because George, and you know, Williams are battling on Mercedes, which is. Not the class of field 2021, I'll say. But yeah, they are the big guys. So, George uh, attempting a, attempting a ballsy move like that, it always includes risk. And on part of Wildry, if you see the footage, even if he tilted shortly, he just tilted it, his car, a little bit, so that he could block it. But he was forgetting that he has a car besides him. He noticed George. George also noticed Wildry. They both touched, and only mistake George did was lose control of his car. That's the only thing because already it's a dry track plus a narrow one, and he knows that if he lets go of this move, he might not get the chance again. He might also get the chance again. But he made a, what should I call it? He made a rookie mistake, I should say. But, anyways, it was both it was both the drivers fault because Valtteri shouldn't have tilted his car towards George and George shouldn't have lost control of his car
0: because we all know what happened in
2: 1994,
0: right? Absolutely. So, Thank you. Yeah, it's a very important point that you are uh, equally blaming both drivers and it's getting a little spicy in here. Arvind, do you want to add to the spice? What's your take yeah, on this?
3: Definitely I would say that uh, this shunt as a what more of like increased the rivalry between them and uh, made fans think about the second seat of the Mercedes. But still, I'm uh, not the pundit
2: uh, here, buddy. He, rivalries are all all about Formula. Formula is all about
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm uh, putting in my point. Uh, I'm gonna sp- say it's uh, like sixty forty. Uh, it was uh, more of uh, uh, it was more of uh, uh, George's fault than Valtry because George knew that uh, he was uh, going for an overtake around the outside and uh, he knew that there was a wet, wet patch on the track as well. So he, he had DRS and he went for it. That's sure. Uh, Valtry did see him and uh, uh, Valtry, I guess, uh, didn't do anything wrong but, uh, other than taking the racing line, which he had to do, because you have a corner up here in, which is a left, uh, left-handed corner. So you have to be uh, uh, in the uh, position your car uh, just in the middle of the track so that you can have the entry well into the corner, enter well into the corner. So that uh, keeping keeping that in mind, Val uh, did nothing wrong. And uh, I'm going to say George knew that there was a wet patch and uh, he did go for it. But... Uh, Again, uh, uh, the conditions were also uh, very bad out there, so which unfortunately costed George like, uh, both drivers and uh, which cost more more costed uh, George to spin off and hit Valtry. So I'm going to say 60-40 and it, uh, George 60, Valtry 40.
0: Thank you. That was an uh, interesting, again, a discussion. Uh, before I get to Shubham, uh, it, it's going to be. I mean, see, we're seeing a Williams car which was apparently two seconds off the pace of the second last Kai or trying to overtake a Merck works team. I mean, this in itself is pretty big. So, Shubham, what are your what are your thoughts on this? I mean, you are you used to seeing a Williams trying to overtake a Merck and then get it wrong, or? In my
4: opinion, first let's appreciate the fact that Williams have gotten fixed or have fixed all the problems they have been having for the last two years, like not two years, even three years, 2018, 19, and 2020. And let's appreciate the fact that both Russell and Latifi have developed as a driver. As to Kamar Bottas, Bottas, in my opinion, has been that quiet kid from the school who can do a lot of things, but due to some reason, he couldn't. So yesterday when I was uh, watching the highlights, I watched it at least five to six times. After watching through that, I found that in both the cases, it was equally both the drivers fault. Russell was pretty fast. And I mind you, he was on DRS. He was on grass. He was trying to overtake a Mercedes, which was much faster than them. So it definitely proved that Russell has surely some good pace, but the mistake what, uh, which, in my opinion, Russell did was to get on the grass. He knew he, it was too risky to make that move. So he should have left it and uh, tried it on the next lap because he was pretty close. And as for, Liu, as for uh, Bottas, I couldn't say but uh, I saw. I did so in turn. Also, I really hate to say this, but Russell needs to fix his behavior against Bottas. Uh, because the way he uh, reacted with Bottas, it wasn't really good. But this makes the whole thing interesting. In the end, if we see Bottas and Russell fighting for a position, I mean, it's clearly uh, explainable that Russell now is a worthy driver of that North seat. Apart from Lewis's choices, I couldn't say what he chooses. I think Russell is a equally de- uh, dependable and a perfect driver for that seat. I mean, uh, let's be honest. Williams have had the last lump like uh, 2030, when Bottas joined for the team for the first time. And then we had a lot faster back in the day. So back in the day, Bottas did not have a very great qualifying. I mean, they qualified Q7, uh, like P17 or P18, something like that. But yeah, better than uh, Maldonado. At times, at times, worse than Maldonado. Highest of him being Q13. And let's come at uh, Russell. I mean, Russell has done uh, pretty far, uh, these uh, uh, pretty good these two years. Take uh, 2018 and 2019. 2018 was a pretty bad year for Williams, except the fact. 2019, we had Kubica, one of the most underrated drivers on the grid, and yet he came uh, like he equally defeated him in quali. Although he didn't score points, that's a big thing. But still. And then we come to 2019, uh, where, uh, sorry, we come to 2020, where we had Latifi. And again, Russell was able to out qualify him like how many times? 20, uh, 16 times before he was chosen in for as uh, to be a replacement for Lewis for COVID at care, Only there he lost to him. So I personally feel Russell is pretty good and pretty fast. And Bodas should do something to save his seat. Otherwise, it would be too late for him. Because this is the last season before anything changes. And there will be a major change regarding regulations and drivers equally.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Shubham. That was a very, very, uh, you know, a very good insight into Russell, a very detailed insight into Russell. Thank you so much for that. And thank you to our uh, other participants for taking part in this. But again, now, getting to the crux of this, The end result, the powerhouse, Lando Norris, comes back on the podium from the first race of 2020 to the second race of 2021. Is this McLaren trying to show Ferrari that they are still worth deeply in the constructors? Or are Ferrari going to get them later? And, of course, the talk of the town, Max, Max, Max. The championship, the World Drivers' Championship is heating up. Lewis and Max will be going at it. For, against each other yet again. So, getting the views on the podium and the McLaren sneak-in. Tane, uh, I hope you're there. Uh, yes, yes. Lando, after the red flag started on softs and Leclerc had a tyre advantage but a radio disadvantage. And we saw that uh, Lando just flew off the line and got P2. But uh, yes, what what do you want to talk about Lando as a driver more than, you know, the... Let's, let's leave the tyres aside. Let's leave everything aside. Let's just talk about Lando right now. What kind of a driver has he been? I mean, all weekend, consistency. Keep everything and just give us a little overview on Lando Norris. Um,
1: I think Lando is a great driver. He's got that inner uh, fighting spirit in him. Uh, first of all, talking about qualifying, that um, uh, important P2 slot was taken from him. Um, due to the track limits at turn 9, I guess it was. So, he got in that mood that let's show off everybody that if even if I can't achieve it in the qualifying, I'll try to get a podium in that rate. So, he's got that inner, I feel, um, spirit in him that he wants to do it. He just sees the line, attacks, um, uh, nothing in his mind, and he's a great driver. And Over to you
0: now. Thank you. Thank you, Taner. That was very nice of you to have spoken about Lando Norris. Arvind, can I get to you and ask you about Max, the talk of the town, the hot Dutch man who is in prime form. What do you take of his drive? 22 seconds clear of Lewis Hamilton in P2. I think we lost Arvind. We'll get back to him. Uh, Krishanu, can you talk us through Max Verstappen? Uh, Max Verstappen, right? Yeah. Or do you have words, or do you not have words to describe who Max Verstappen is and what he's driving right now? Max
2: is a different level of beast. You know? The moment he stepped into the grid in 2015, and his win in Barcelona, although it was aided by the crashing out of the two bombs. All those aside, he has been a driver steadily on the rise. We have seen him mature season by season, race per race, lap per lap. And 2021 is probably the most mature he's ever been. Right. So, Red Bull have a challenging machinery that can challenge Mercedes, And then we have Max who always loves to drive on the limit. But what do I say about Max? It's just that he has that sort of magic dust around. <laughs> like Christian honor said, he just has that sort of uh, magic dust around him. The way he drives, the way he pushes the car to the limits and he knows how to extract performances. So, his start, his jump, when he got his jump on Lewis and then leading the race with such calm and composure which he's... Uh, so, it was just a spectacle to watch. Red Bull winning over 22 seconds from Mercedes is probably
0: the first time I'm hearing it from every day. Uh, absolutely. It's been a little uh, strange to see always a Merck domination. but uh, thank you guys. Thank you for participating in this podcast of ours. Uh, I would like to thank F1 India and uh, we've also made an Instagram page. It's F1 India. And our community, podcasts, and everything are available there. So do check them out there. And before we wrap up, I just want to quickly get to Portimao, which is in two weeks' time from today, almost. And uh, I think I'm not going to ask you predictions of top three because, you know, I'm sure someone's going to say Lewis, Max, Bottas, or Max, Lewis, Bottas, or maybe it's either Lewis or Max going to win. But I want to ask you about that midfield driver who might sneak in a podium or who you might keep as your turbo driver in the fantasy team. I mean, that's the most interesting part, I think. And that is what our viewers or our listeners would be wanting, you know, some help with the turbo driver. So, Tane, who would you keep in Portimao as your uh, driver, your turbo driver? Who are you putting your money on for Portimao? Max. But apart from Max, Apart from the top three, let's get to the midfield. I think. I get. I,
1: I, I guess that. I'm. Uh, I'm putting it on Charles Leclerc.
0: Okay, your reason being? Um.
1: Uh, uh, first of all, due to that radio disadvantage, he lost on that uh, podium. He he could have done better. So. I think he would. Uh, I think he would get a podium in Portimao, and let's hope for the best for him. I'm a Ferrari fan, so a ah, little is, biased. I I a little biased, but I I am very in need of uh, hoping Ferrari to come back from the 2020 season, and I think they are on a good way. McLaren versus <laughs> Ferrari
0: have been on an upward trajectory, as you rightly pointed. Absolutely, I agree with you on this. That Charles could be a big differential. Krishan, who could you who could you you know put your money on? Who is your driver who you are you know, going to look out for in Portimao? It's Daniel
2: obviously
0: because I'm a big Daniel fan.
2: Uh, The reason why I'm taking Daniel and not Lando is because Daniel has miles miles faster than Lando. Although he is currently in a McLaren, which Lando is obviously very much accustomed to because he has spent five years at the team Lando, building the team around him. And Daniel, sure, he gave him three to four races to get uh, accustomed to. But Portimao has a wizard track very, very had strong performance last year. And secondly, his consistency, his experience is what counts. He's a regular point scorer. And currently, if you see, he has the second longest running streak of point scoring races,
0: which is second to none, Lewis Hamilton. Absolutely. So, I, yeah. My money's on Daniel. Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Arvind, who would you put your bet on? Who's your driver to watch out for?
3: Okay, I'm gonna go with someone who was in a midfield team but now is in a really good car. Sergio Perez. I'm gonna go with Sergio Perez. Uh, uh, I'm gonna put me on him. He's he's had a bad weekend this time. But uh, he's a man with a a machine. He wants to win the world title, who is capable of winning one. It's been 10 years since he's in the sport and he has done a lot. For 30 years he has been. And uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna uh, come back on and prove it. Thank you, Arvind. And we'll end this
0: with Shubham. Shubham, your man would be?
4: Mm, I, I am stuck between two people. Like, uh, quality-wise, I want to put my money on Gazlips. Because come on, man, it's poorly, has been excellent. But I don't know what happens in race. I'm so confused. Like, Bahrain, he was so close. Yeah, we can accept the fact he had an uh, like altercation with Jan, that's acceptable. But at Imola, I just felt like, come on, why are you putting me in bed? Put him in inters. Because he would easily challenge for the podium. And otherwise, I would have uh, put my money in, if I had to put money all around. But
0: put it online, thank you, Shubham. Thank you for that. And with this, we come to the end of our discussion on this podcast of the Imola Grand Prix. And uh, just before ending, I just want to just acquaint everyone with the race standings because there has been a last minute penalty for uh, Mr. Kimi Raikkonen. So we have Max in P1, Lewis in P2, Norris and Leclerc three and four, Sainz and Ricardo fifth and sixth, respectively. And Gasly, Stroll, Ocon and Alonso, the Alpines, making it to the first points of the season. So, hoping for a cracker of a race, even at Portimao, although there may or may not be rain, that's secondary. But I hope we have a good race and to even better discussions with all of you guys. And to our listeners, take care and stay safe. And please, please, please take care of your health. Thank you.